Good morning and welcome to Parenting Matters. We uh, do this weekly, um, I don't even know what to call this, but it's a, just a conversation, <laughs> a casual conversation called Parenting Matters because parenting matters. And that's, it's my dad joke that I didn't say last week and Tony didn't, gave me a hard it. time. Yes. That's right. So it. today we have a special <laughs> guest. Her name is Devin Neesmith. We are going to talk about homeschooling today and uh, all of the different difficulties and things that people have now been thrust into. Yeah. And we figured no better special guest than Devin, who was brought up completely 100% in a homeschool environment. Yes. Uh, and so she can give some pointers from that perspective. Uh, I was an educator for 10 years, so I'm going to use that knowledge and just understanding kids. And then Tanya obviously has great expertise in regards to training and things like that. So we're going to, we're going to give you as best we can, as best we can, some tips to help you prepare for, or not even prepare, yeah, but just to it. cope in the middle. <laughs> with what's going on, right? Because you yes. are in the middle of it. You're, you're already doing it. Also, if you guys have any questions, please drop those in the comments, and then we can come back and try to answer those after the show as well. So we want to do that if you have extra questions for us or things that you specifically might be um, having a difficult time with. So we're going to go through a, a few topics, but um, we want to know what you're really struggling with. Yeah, exactly. Sure. And so the first, the first thing that we want to uh, cover is, you know, for those of you that are watching that, that are in Mag part of Magnolia ISD, and maybe you're frustrated, maybe you, you haven't received all of the things that you'd, you've wanted for your teachers or for, mm -hmm. maybe it's not how you envisioned it. Right. Uh, let, me, let me just be the advocate for uh, Magnolia ISD. Uh, they, they are doing everything they can, and honestly, they have done an incredible job of making a shift midstream mm -hmm. uh, to to providing as much as they can online. There are a lot of rules and regulations in regards to uh, when a public school offers required curriculum, there are certain things that have to be attached to that, such as uh, learning and accommodations for all students. Mm -hmm. uh, so if you, you know, a student with a special needs that has to learn in a certain way, you have to provide them with whatever their accommodations are. And in a situation like this, you can't have their one-on-one -on -one person come to their house. And so they're, they're, hand, they're the, handcuffed by those types of restrictions. And so just, I think ultimately what I'm saying is offer some grace yeah. and know that while you're struggling to try to get this off the ground and try to do the best that you can, they're doing the same thing. This is uh, new for the teachers in the school district too. No one's ever done anything like this. Yeah. Absolutely. So everybody's trying to figure it out. My sure. wife went up to her school yesterday and she said there were so many teachers that are up there just trying to, to, to figure the whole thing out, to grade, to, to put out there uh, as best a curriculum as they can, schedule Zoom calls. I mean, they're certainly not 100% of them are. You're never going to get that with anywhere. But, but for the vast majority of the teachers, you know, I, I salute you, Magnolia ISD, uh, and so many districts around uh, the, the country that have made this switch. Uh, but just know, parents, first and foremost, just we need to offer grace and we need to be patient and 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 expect and understand and this is what we're going to get into a lot more today is this is not ideal and right. you know yeah. you're if you thought maybe the first week you're going to set up this classroom and your kids <laughs> are going to do this from this time to this time and everything's going to be rigid and you're probably you drinking heavily now right yeah so <laughs> probably uh, let's let's do a real reset, and we're going to talk about a few things. Uh, Tanya has had a couple things that have come in through different prayer requests and questions, uh, so we're going to uh, go through those. And I, I haven't written down. Do you have them written down? Do because we can talk about the first one. Sure. 
So this, the first thing that I've noticed in calling parents, talking to parents, uh, getting prayer requests is that parents are feeling really stressed and anxious about doing homeschooling with their kids. You know, this is, it's new for you as parents. You're, you're not used to teaching your kids at home. Um, so we would just want to kind of give you some advice, you know, what can we tell you to help you, um, in your stress and anxiety? Yeah. Devin, what would you say? I would say a routine. Um, so getting up in the morning and acting like you're going to go somewhere is important when you, in my opinion, when you stay in your PJs and your bed stays unmade, you kind of stay in this kind of like a weekend vibe type thing where it's like, well, let's just be lazy and watch TV. Let's lay on the couch and, you know, read or whatever, but not necessarily school books read, you know, um, when you get up with the intent of, I'm going to get dressed, I'm going to make my bed and have your kids do that too. It kind of gets you in a mindset. You know, every day I get up and I get dressed and I put on my shoes and my little three-year-old will say, why are you putting on your shoes? Where are you going? And I say, mommy's not going anywhere. Mommy's just getting ready for the day. For the day. And you know, it really, I notice a huge difference in the days that I stay in my sweatpants all day with no shoes on and the days that I get up and I get dressed and I feel like I'm going to do something, I'm way more, I get a lot more accomplished. And so growing up for us, we had a routine. We know what was, what was expected of us in the morning. And so before we came out of our rooms for the day, we were dressed, our beds were made, and our room was relatively picked up. And so we were, you know, our teeth were brushed and all that. And then we came out and we had breakfast and Bible time and it kind of went on with our day from there. Um, and you can find a routine that fits for you. As a, a new homeschooling mom myself, um, I'm the type of person that when I make a schedule, I feel like I have to hit every mark. And if I don't hit every mark, then I'm failing. And that's just really frustrating. And I've had to learn to give myself lots of grace and say, it's okay. This, the, the schedule is more like a template. So I don't even necessarily put times next to our schedule. I kind of just set things like an order of what I want them to do. If times help you and you don't feel that need to like, you know, hit every time slot, then, then you're good. Don't, don't <laughs> then put a schedule on there. But if the times are going to stress you out and you feel like you're failing already, you don't want to start off the day feeling like you're failing. Then just kind of set some things, uh, set some guidelines for yourself and for the kids. And then once you're ready for school, you're ready for the day. You're not sitting there in your sweatpants and your kids are like, but I'm tired. You know, I think that's the beauty of this time is that we don't really have like a structured schedule, right? You don't have to be at school at eight, yeah. you don't have to be at work at seven or whatever. So you can take the opportunity to, to do what works for your family. So if you're, if right. your family likes to sleep a little later, maybe you start at 10 instead of eight or something like that, like find a routine, but let it yes. be flexible to what fits you. Definitely find what works for your family. I have really young kids, so it doesn't matter what time they go to bed. It doesn't matter what we're doing or what day it is, whether it's Saturday or Monday, they're up early. And so we start start our day early. So for me, I like to get up before my kids. So I typically get up around six 30 so that I can shower and be ready for the day before my kids are up. Um, but if you don't have young kids and your kids are middle school and older, your kids probably are not up at six 7 AM, seven 30, whatever it is like my kids are. So, um, find what works for your family and every family is going to look different and that's okay. And that's something that you have to remember. But I think routine yeah. It's important. And structure. And, and, structure. and the reality of who your family is can't be stressed enough. Uh, because this is such an abrupt adjustment, yeah. if you are to abruptly change the way that your family dynamic works, then you're going to get some kickback. Mm -hmm. uh, if, if you were a, you know, if your family's used to on the weekends staying up late and waking up late and just kind of, you know, slowly getting into the day, then you waking up at 
six o'clock in the morning demanding them to get up and, and yeah. do all these other things are going right. to be met with That's a significant amount of resistance. Yeah. But if you adapt it slowly right. and, you know, massage into some of the structure, yeah. then you might, you might receive less resistance. Uh, I think that's the biggest thing. Remember your, your kid's house is their refuge. That's their yeah. time away. They, they're programmed to act a certain way at home, just like you are. It's why, you know, people that start working from home struggle at first, because when you don't have to get up and go to the office and you have distractions that are normal home distractions, it's a tough thing. And most, most, uh, advisors would tell you if you're going to work from home you better have a designated space where you do your work that's away from your relaxation area and you make it known that this is work time and i'm i'm not available outside of you know if you're on fire or bleeding you know because otherwise you're not going to get it done you're going to constantly get started and have to stop and started and have to stop it's your kids are the same way they need to to kind of slowly be integrated with a good structure for for what the day is going to look like and we talked a little bit uh, in the pre-show about creating that structure uh giving it flexibility but but also having time having an understanding that they're not going to work for seven hours straight yeah no and and that's not they don't do it at school right right they get a chance to talk to their friends they go to specials they go to they walk from class to class and 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 honestly as a teacher for 10 years, there was very rare times where I worked bell to bell with kids. Yeah. Uh, there are just days that there's times off. I yeah. think so. that's one of the other questions is parents are asking, how much time do I need to be spending? Like, am I spending enough time? Like, I'm not doing eight hours a day, so am I not doing enough? And so I think, I think that, kind that of go into. Yeah, I think that that's, um, it's different kind of for everybody. So you're going to have some kids who are like me, I can sit down and just do my work and be done. Um, and then my little brother was not that way. He needed um, breaks. So he would work for 30 minutes an hour and then he'd get up and he'd go to get a snack or he'd walk around. And um, my mom, the way we did it growing up is we would get up in the mornings and after breakfast and Bible time and chores, we would then go into school time and we did school for a little bit. And then we went outside in the backyard and we were, I grew up in the city of Houston. So if you have land, I mean, that's great. That's different. But, you know, we went in our backyard and we spent some time outside before lunch. And so it kind of cleared our minds and, or we'd go on a bike ride around the neighborhood or something like that for about an hour or so. And then we went in and we did lunch and then we went back and we've kind of finished up our school time in the afternoon. And that, I think it works really well because I think that time away, stepping away. And a lot of times when you're helping your kid solve a problem, if they get, if they hit, you know, a problem they can't solve or they're Mm -hmm. getting really frustrated on, I think, saying, okay, let's just take a break and walking away, maybe go getting a snack or, Hey, let's go outside and walk around the house or whatever. Let's go get the mail or, you know, just anything, just walking away from it and then coming back and remembering that one of the reasons they're getting so frustrated is because they feel like they should understand. And they, I, I think for me, at least I thought that my mom or my dad or whoever it was thought that I should know this. And so if I didn't know this, I was stupid. And that's not how it is. And so it's, it's good. My parents were really good about this, reminding me that, like, it's okay that you don't know this. This is why you're in school, yeah. like, is to learn this. And so just having a lot of grace. And when you get frustrated, remember, it's okay for you, too. This is new for you. And so remembering that you're learning along with the kids. I think that's another beautiful thing about the flexibility, you know, that you have in a school with a class of 30 kids, you can't just like, I'll go take a break, you know, after 30 right. minutes. Right. But at home you can, you yes. can work, you can 
make the schedule fit the kid. And so if they need 30 minute increments, then that's fine. If they can sit down for two hours then that's fine. And so, um, think of the positive parts of this, I think. Is and understand their age. Yeah. Age is critically important. I have from four to 17, yeah. right? The four year old, she works in small little bits yeah. and blocks and needs those snacks and needs that time. And you can tell with her, when she's ready. When she's finished. <laughs> she can be on it, on it, on it, on it, on it. And then she just goes, like, oh, it's break time. Yeah. And that sometimes that's five minutes. Sometimes it's 10 minutes. Sometimes it's a minute. But you have to understand that different ages need different times. Yeah. Uh, if your kids are younger, that's a much smaller, smaller time. You're yes. not going to get seven hours And they don't need as much yes. sit-down school time right. as like a high schooler does. You yes. know, a high schooler is going to do probably closer to three or four hours of school in a day, whereas like a kindergartner or a four-year-old is going to do more like 30 minutes to an hour of school. In a whole day. So and make sure you heard day. that. Yeah, yeah, in a whole day. Yeah. Um, and not like a, yeah, not a 30-minute block. Right. No. You'll be fighting that kid like a yeah. cat in a yeah. bathtub. And, and, and you have to adjust to them, mm -hmm. adjust to your kid. And right. um, for me and my younger brother, we are complete opposites when it comes to learning. Um, I am a super visual learner and my younger brother's super auditory. So my mom was, um, would read to us throughout the day. And so sometimes we would go outside and we had a trampoline and my little brother could bounce around on that trampoline doing flips and all this stuff. And my mom is reading to us and I'd sit there and I would intently listen to her. And then she'd be like, okay. And ask a question. And I'd be like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And Dalton would be like, oh, <laughs> and so he just knew because he's an auditory learner. But if I sat down and I read the chapter myself, I could answer any question. And if Dalton sat down and read it, he couldn't. That's right. So know who your kid is, is your kid or learn who they are. If you don't know, that's okay. Just learn who they are. Are they visual? Are they auditory? What, what type of learner are they? And then once you know that, man, you can help them thrive and know who they are. Um, I love workbooks. So like, you know, I just love to have my workbook out there and answer questions and problems and all of that. Whereas, um, my siblings were not really like that. And my mom's not like that at all. So she didn't understand that. But once she understood that that's who I was, she was like, okay, here are your workbooks. Here's your textbook. And that's what I liked. And so learn who your kids are. And the other part that ties into that is as you're learning who your kids are, get out of the, the norm of sitting down and just doing yeah. the work, Absolutely. right? Utilize the opportunities that you have on a daily basis to teach in those moments, right? You could call it a passion project. You could call it just a life skills. making dinner, life skills. Yeah. If, if you need to make dinner and they have some math work to do, like you were talking about, yes, bring them in and say, Hey, we've, I need a half a cup of this and a third of this. And how does all that work together? Or Absolutely. we need to double this. Then they're doing math and then they're helping. They're getting part of, they're having a good time because they're with you. It doesn't even fun. seem and like And you're teaching them how to cook. Um, it's, you're, you're teaching them so many things through that. And so one thing that, um, you do make everyday things school without like being like, okay, we're going to do school. So let's go cook. You know, like yeah. as you're cooking, just be like, Hey, here, how should I do this? You know, I need a teaspoon of this and a tablespoon of that. How much is that? You know, and, and just help them figure, figure that out. Um, when you do shopping, even if you're doing your shopping online, you can do this. Um, you can go on there and you says, okay, this is 60% off. So then have your kid figure out what the price of that item would be if it's 60% off. And if you don't know, that's okay. Um, you know, we have calculators now, so, you know, look it but up, you have to know how to figure use the it out. Yeah, that's true. So. You have to know how to use the calculator it's, or don't Google it. I mean, you can yeah. Google it, figure it out and then <laughs> teach your kid. That's right. That's what I do. 
ask Alexa, but then teach your kid how to do it so that as they get older and they go to the grocery store, they can figure out what that 60% off item is. And it doesn't have to be groceries. If your kids need summer clothes, go to Old Navy or wherever you buy clothes online and help them shop and figure it out. Um, So as the economics teacher, one of the things that I like to do was you set up a budget and you can give your kids, especially if you have teenagers, because you're, again, as part of parenting is not about raising good kids. It's about raising good adults that are prepared for the real world. So you can use this time and say, listen, we have $300 for you to spend at the store, right? And then you can let them go and put it together. And then when they come back with one shirt and a pair of socks... (laughs) For three hundred dollars, you can go. Okay, well, what kind of pants are you going to wear? You know, you're going to wear that shirt every day because this is all you're getting. You can start working in those life skills that will help them later in life when you're not around. Start start with those types of things. You can say, Hey, listen, we've got to we got to make a grocery list. Here are the meals that we're going to make this week. I want you to figure out what are the ingredients that we need in this. Absolutely, we're reading. We're we're figuring it out. We're searching. We're problem solving. You know. This item's not in stock. What can we substitute? There's yeah. just, there's a multitude of ways to get it, to, to do schooling that's not schooling. Right. Especially if your kid is hesitant or is giving you uh, feedback. That's the third question, right? Well, and make it a fun learning environment. Absolutely. You know, yeah. just make it, make it where it's not like, okay, we're going to do school. So you have to go online and do my grocery shopping. Like that's not what it's about. It's, it's about not making whole, I'm, not, I'm not totally against that, but... <laughs> Not all the time, maybe. But watch TV, you go do the chores. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Hey, I mean, hey, 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 hey. Now listen, you're starting to hit on some buttons here. There's a reason why I have teenagers. They do the chores and I I make them, you know, I make them do the chores. <laughs> no, but just creating a fun learning environment um, and, and making everyday things something that they can learn from. Like uh, Pastor Seth said, you are you are creating great adults and you're teaching them things that maybe you wouldn't have had the time to teach them before because you're a single parent or both of you work full time. And so you just do it automatically and you don't think about teaching the kids how to do this. Um, and, and if you want to do the budget thing, you can even create a fake budget, right. create a fake yeah. thing. They don't have yeah. to actually hit the order button, you know, right. but you can have them. Yeah, make sure you keep that on lock. Yeah, you know, take the credit <laughs> card off of the account. But, you know, have them create a grocery list, you know, let right. them come up with the, you know, say, hey, what do you want? Let's pretend we're going to have dinner for the next week. What do you want for dinner? You know, come up with four meals yeah. and then give them the recipes and say, okay, write out the ingredients. What do, what do we have and what do we need? You know, and then, you know, what's cheaper, the 32 ounce jar, or the 16 ounce jar, what's the better buy, you know, just things like that and making it fun and learning experience. And they it's don't even go, know that they're learning, you know, right. they're but just having fun with you. Way. Yeah. Okay. So let's, let's hit the third topic, right? So this the, is the part where you've heard all of this, but you're thinking, yeah, that ain't my kid. Because why? <laughs> so then the last kind of question or venting that I've heard is um, just for kids who are difficult to motivate to do their schoolwork. All right. How 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 can you help me help them? Okay, so we're gonna we're gonna tread lightly on a lot of different things here, but I think it goes back to some of the things that we have talked about already. Let's look at what you're doing. Uh, are you forcing it like a drill sergeant when they're not used to you doing that? Uh, if, if you've made an abrupt change and you're trying to do something that is unnatural in your household and honestly goes really against the way that you operate also, you're going to meet resistance, right? So be yourself, but understand that 
you have to better yourself in structure and, and some of those other things. And, but be slow and patient as, as it's taking for you to get used to it. The kids are going to take just as long. Grace, lots and lots of grace. Um, remember that when you get frustrated, it's because you're stressed and you don't, you feel like you're, you don't know what you're doing, or maybe you feel inadequate. Mm -hmm. And, um, just remember that God gave you these children and he, and trusted you with them. And that means that you are adequate because of that. And so um, sometimes walking away as a parent and just saying, hey, I'll be right back and going to the bathroom and like being like, I don't know what I'm doing. God help me, you know, and then just taking a deep breath. Um, you know, we can all maybe take a lesson to, from on a bike ride. Right. Yeah. Maybe you need to go on the bike ride and let the, leave the kids at home. No, don't do that if your kids are young. But um, eh. <laughs> <laughs> But, um, you know, just lots of grace for yourself and for your kids. This is all a learning experience for everybody in the house. Um, and for those of you that have a wide range of kids, have older kids, and maybe you even have like a two-year-old at home, and you're like, how am I supposed to take care of my two-year-old and teach my seven-year-old and help my middle schooler or high schooler learn? Just remember, it's grace. Um, get your two-year-old some bring everybody into the kitchen living room area get your two-year-old some toys and put them on the floor in one of those things or whatever do something like that get them entertained then get the middle school or high school started and then go and help the younger so one yeah. yeah you know and and just and just make it make it work and then just tell them hey if you have a problem with a if you have a question on a problem skip that one, go to the next one. And I'll come, I'll come to you in just a minute as soon as I can. Now I would also advise, and this may go back to the fact that I make my kids do a lot of things. Utilize the tools that you got, right? If you have a teenager, they can probably relate to the two-year-old. They can probably help the six-year-olds in classwork. Yeah. Be a family, work together. You don't have to work yourself to death trying to get everybody lined up, right? If I have a 17 year old, she is fantastic yesterday. My wife had to go to the grocery store and we said, we're going to try to get some schoolwork knocked out. Paige, I want you to work with Zoe. Give her a couple quick tips. Hey, she's going to get really tired after a few minutes. She's probably not going to want to do it initially, but just say, let's, let's try to do this. And that, guess what? For about 10, 15 minutes, they got a lot of work done. She got all of her reading done. Then she got her math done and they did it at a very uh, normal pace. And you, we use the 17-year-old the for the four-year-old. Same yes. thing. My son is incredible at math. So he helps the 10-year-old and the other 15-year-old with math when they get stumped with something. Yep. You have great resources. If you have multiple kids, and especially if you have a wide range of kids, man, don't be afraid to utilize them and put them to work. Because guess what? I learned this in college. You, you only retain about 5 to 10 or 15% of the things that you read and, and write down and, and listen to. But you retain almost 95% of what you teach. Yeah. So if you have your kids teaching something to someone else, they're going to learn in an incredible way, in a way that's going to, to stick with them. So don't be afraid to do that. It's not a weakness on your part. In fact, it's, it's great leadership yeah. on your part of a parent to teach and train your kids to be able to do that. I think yeah. it helps too with like personality. So sometimes maybe you're teaching your kid and you're just both bumping heads because you're both frustrated. So then you have your other kid come in and it just totally changes the dynamic, right? They can teach or it the in a way parent. better than you could or, or the other parent, right? So try to change up maybe who the teacher is if you're able to, and that might help with some of the motivation Absolutely. issues. And again, for sure, if you've been running into a wall, back up, take a break, figure out what your part of that is. Yeah. Because more than likely, if you're receiving a lot of non-motivated 
you know, not a motivation for, uh, lack of motivation from your kid, something at least is somewhat on your, on your end. So take, take your piece of the pie, figure out what that is, apologize, talk, have a conversation. Again, this, this time of social isolation and everybody being at home can be the greatest opportunity for family growth that we've ever been given, right? Everybody's worried and stressed about all these different things, but the reality yeah. is the family could be the thing that gets the most strengthened through all of this if you take right. the opportunity to look at it from that perspective. Because if you don't, then it could be the worst time for families because you're buttonheads and you're constantly, right. You right. Know, you're trying to do whatever you want to do and push your agenda when the reality is it's time to work together. Yes. Growing up, one of my favorite memories is we did family Bible time every morning at breakfast. My, all my, all we did is we sat down and while we ate breakfast, my dad read to us a chapter out of the Bible. Maybe not even a whole chapter. I don't even know how much he read to us. He knew, but I didn't know, but we sat there and listened to it and he was giving that. And then we prayed together as a family and we memorized scripture together. One of the first things I memorized was the first Psalm. Psalm one, and we memorized it together as a family and we knew it and we were, I still can recall it, you know, like you can go back and, and they'll remember it forever. Um, and so that's a really great time to strengthen your family and to bring kind of that scripture into your learning. And, you know, God's scripture is never going to go bad. It's never going to, um, go sour. So just that's something to start your day off with yeah. that just can start the day off kind of on the right foot, so to speak. Um, and then a really fun thing to do, um, which is kind of off topic, but um, at dinner time, my mom did this to help us learn manners. And this is a great time to kind of teach your kids some just like family time because you're obviously we're all stuck at home. So we're all having dinner together or somewhat together, you know, um, we played a game called the five penny game. So what you do is when you sit down to eat dinner, everybody starts off with five pennies. All right. And when you're eating, if you do something that's bad manners um, and, and write them out, let them know what the things that you expect them and don't expect them. So if uh, you put your elbows on the table, um, that could be that's I mean, I grew up with English manners. So in English, that's really, really bad manners. And so if I put my elbows on the table, my little brother would say, hey, you put your elbows on the table. Give me a penny. And then the person at the end of the day, at the end of the dinner, whoever has the most pennies gets all the pennies. And then you kind of keep going. And so, I mean, yeah, it's pennies, but trust me, it adds up. My mom always won. So it wasn't very fair because she grew up with an English It's way better than what my family mom. did. My dad just stabbed us with the fork and yeah. her elbow on the table. No, but it, it made it really so fun because it was, are way like, better. It was a that. game while you're playing. I mean, while you're eating and, and we were learning yeah. good manners, um, but we made it really fun. fun. It was not like yeah. a strict thing and we would laugh about it. Um, my brother always sat si sideways in his chair and we would just laugh and we'd be like, oh, Dalton sideways in his chair again, you know, and or, Dalton's upside down again, you know, something <laughs> like that. So we would, he always lost and he hated it, but we had so much fun, so many laughs. I'm not saying do it every night because your kids might get tired of it, but That's it's just though. a really fun thing. But to anything do. you can make into a game yes. also yeah, helps. Definitely. Again, that's not a luxury that teachers in a classroom with 30 kids right. have the ability to do. Yes. They can try, but, exactly. but in your house, you know your kids best and you know the way that they learn. Be creative. There are so many things out there on the internet now that you can almost get overwhelmed. And that's the other yes. part. There's so much stuff out there right now for homeschooling and yeah. there's so many experts and all these different places. That will stress you Don't out. Don't go too careful. crazy. Be careful. Be careful. Find yeah. something you relate to. <laughs> stick with it. Right. Try it. Give it, give it a chance. 
And if you are passionate about that, stick with that. Yeah. Don't try to bring in everything. Don't don't just open Pinterest, type in homeschooling, and go, we're doing all of this. Yeah. Because yeah. you'll stop after three days. And if you make it three days, you. I would be impressed yeah. if you exactly. made it Exactly. So just make it yeah. realistic. Yeah. And, and, and that's kind of the, the this whole thing is, like, like Devin said, this is a time to show grace. This grace. is a time for us to learn grace. Yes. And for understand that. And for the kids. Yeah. Yes. And everybody is learning this. Yeah. This is all yeah, new for everybody. Yeah, you're learning with them. Um, and I would say allow time in the day yeah. for them to do nothing in kind of an organized way. Um, you know, like say, okay, we're, we're going to go have some outside time. But let them do whatever they want outside. You know, whether it's digging in the dirt, letting yeah. your five-year-old dig in the dirt, or letting your teenager go on a bike ride or whatever it is but have like outside time or have like hey everybody's gonna go read you know maybe while maybe you need a break and the little ones are napping so you say all right everybody go to their beds and you're gonna spend 30 minutes reading if you don't want to read then just lay quietly on your bed um, but allowing that kind of nothingness just to enjoy that because eventually life probably will get back to busyness so enjoy yeah. the time of being able to say hey we're sure. going to do nothing right now altogether, you know, um, or separately, you know, altogether separately. And take the time off. Yeah. Don't, again, we said at the beginning, don't feel like you got to fill the whole day up from the moment they get right. up to the moment they go to bed. No. It's not realistic. It's probably not your normal routine. If it is your normal routine, then fine. It'll be fine. You won't re meet that much resistance if that's what you've been doing your forever. But if that's not what you've been doing forever, and a lot of times when you get home and by four or five o'clock, everybody's relaxing, they're in the room, they're doing whatever allow that to happen yes because they need that they need that normalcy but utilize some of these tools and some of these tricks to to engage them in this opportunity that we have yes and you can create really fun family nights um you know like on mondays do make your own pizza night and everybody makes their own pizza and watch a movie together or Taco Tuesday or um, or anything you can, but you can create fun family nights with themes. I'm not saying make a theme for every night, but choose you know maybe one day of the week where every night on this night we're gonna do this, and so they know that every Monday night they're gonna get to make their own pizza and eat pizza, and the kids will look forward to that and they will love that. We my kids love that type of stuff, and so um, and I loved that type of stuff growing up. So create fun family nights, and that's something that you can continue on after this quarantine is over, mm -hmm. after we're back to life as normal. Um, so just creating good family nights together. Absolutely. Uh, this has been fun. This has been yeah. good. And again, we good. want your comments. We want your feedback. If you've got some ideas, uh, put them in the comments. Yeah. We'd, we'd love to hear it. We'd love yeah. to share them. Uh, we'll block bad comments. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, put anything in there that you found to be useful uh, tools. If you have any other questions and you or frustrations or things like that. If you feel comfortable putting them in the comments, you're welcome to do that. If not, you can email us. My, my email is seth at magnoliasfirst.org, Tanya Nelson at magnoliasfirst.org, and Devin even has one, Devin at magnoliasfirst.org. So you can email either one of us. We'd be happy to talk with you. Um, we're here for you during this time, so don't be afraid to reach out. You're, you're not doing this alone. Uh, we are here for you. Uh, there are so many others that would love to to partner with you and help you during this time. So if you've if you've run into some major struggles, reach out. We will try to help you or at least get you connected with people that uh, can help you, so that you can make this the best, most engaging time in your family's history. That's what our hope for is. Anything else? That's it. I think that's it. All right. Thanks so much right. for joining us on Parenting Matters. Thank you for understanding that parenting matters.